0: with lockdown two here our sponsors bison beer have you covered their lock-in box contains a selection of 12 brews from sussex to help you hunker down and stay safe free same day delivery in the local area is available all week so head to bisonbeer.co.uk to stock up this is football the albion and me with richard newman Hello, welcome to Football, the Albion and Me, Extra Time. I'm Richard Newman. Every now and again, we break with the usual format of speaking to players and coaches and have a chat to other figures associated with Brighton and Hove Albion. And one person who has played a huge role in making sure the club is where it is now is John Bain, or better known as punk poet and musician Attila the Stockbroker. So early October 2020 and pre-lockdown, I met him for a beer in Southwick to talk about how he was part of the movement which saved the club from Oblivion and successfully campaigned for the Amex Stadium, although you won't hear him call it that. We also discussed Southwick 1882 and the campaign to return to Old Barn Way and a small bit of housekeeping to say there is strong language throughout, but it's a great listen. Enjoy. Follow Football, the Albion and me on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. John, thanks so much for coming on Football, the Albion and me. Uh, extra time. I've wanted to have a chance to speak to you for quite a while now because I think the story of the Albion's dark days and how sports like yourself, Liz Costa, Paul Sambra, led the movement to save the club, to ultimately put them in the position that they're in now, to be in the Premier League. It's important to tell over and over and it, it will be forever and especially for younger fans who weren't around to witness it. Take us back to the point where it was clear That there needed to be a regime
1: change, and how the movement you were involved in really got started. Well, I mean, for me, it was a, it was. I remember it was 1993, and everybody was moaning, saying something's got to be done about this. Barry Lloyd had become managing director and manager at the same time. It was all, you know, everything was falling to bits. We had that. We had the '91 um, promotion surge where we got to the cup, where we got to the playoff final against North County, but. I had this weird feeling that we didn't want to go up because of the grounds, the ground improvements that would need to be done. Um, then all the best, then obviously the good players were sold, but Johnny Byrne and Mike Small went. Um, and by '93, we were just basically on a downward curve. There wasn't any, there didn't be any spirit around. No, you know. And I'm thinking there's something seriously rotten here. Mm. And I think we, I, 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 people have different memories of which game it was. I always think we lost. We just lost three two at home to Southend United I may be wrong, but anyway whatever the score was, it didn't you know, the, the, the atmosphere in, on, on the North Stand was one of disaffection anger, mixed with a sort of, you know, what are we going to do and I just thought, right, you know I mean, it's funny because for me Going to the Albion had always been a kind of a, well, my, my great pleasure, my hobby, if you like, as, a, as, a, as an activist, someone who was very involved in political stuff, very involved obviously with poetry, music, punk rock, but very much involved in rocking its racism and a whole load of anti racist stuff during the 1980s and obviously the socialist movement and everything. Football was like, just away from that, it was like, what I did, I supported the Albion, you know, it's like, you know, and occasionally when they we were playing. The Wickers will come on to that later, yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course St. Pauli. When I was over in Germany, oh, cool. and, and, you know I mean, and um, anyway, so uh, there we were, all moaning, and I thought I've had enough of this. So I stood in the dugout. I said, "We've got to find out." I jumped on the dugout on the on the, on, the, on the side of the dugout at the end of the game, and I just said, "Come on, come on, gather round," and I just said to everyone, "There's something really, really crap going on here. We've got to find out what it is. Uh, we're going to start Brighton Independent Supporters Association." Um, it's not going to have a, it's not going to have you know boring stuff like a a, a membership or, or a committee or any of that. It's just basically and it's going to be a kind of a group of people that want to get stuff done, want to find out what's going on and do something about it. And immediately Ian Hart, um, Paul, Sandler came late. It was Ian Hart, Peter Kennard who disappeared not long afterwards. So basically, Ian Hart, my Mike, mate Mike Williams, my other mate no longer with the Sadie Roy Tutor. Um, we had a meeting with Barry Lloyd, which is legendary. Um, legendary in a way that I'm, I'm never going to repeat what happened in that meeting, but, <laughs> but he said something that was so utterly bizarrely, ridiculously wrong that, it, that the whole thing could have. Exp- no, I mean I'm just not. Never, it's never going to come out. Okay. Um, but, but I mean, anyway. So basically, I just we just said, look, mate, you know what is going on, um, and it went on from there. I mean, basically, we started. We, we really got stuff together um, everybody came with us um, and but in obviously in the beginning we weren't really quite sure what was happening mm. so there was um, you know from the early 90s we'd been doing obviously there'd been Gullsai you know about eye the fanzine yeah. we got sued by John Campbell one of the directors something I put there was a stench of decomposing flounder in the air but he sued us for that so we had to do a load of gigs and stuff to raise the money because we couldn't contest the libel action. And yeah. I mean, whether that, whether whether accusing, whether talking about a decomposing flatfish is indeed liable, we would never know. But anyway, to cut the story short, you know, um, everything was obviously falling, palpably falling to bits. Yeah. By 1995 96, obviously we knew what was going on because it had all come out. Mm. Stanley had basically handed over, Greg Stanley, boss of, of, of Focus DIY, had handed over the shares um, to Archer. He got the other sh- directors to do the same because they were all worried they were, that if the club went bankrupt or went down the pan, they were gonna, they'd lose the right to be directors of their own companies. So we got all the shares together, took it uh, off the peg company um 48585 uh, took 56.25 percent of the shares for himself gave the rest to greg stanley that's got control of our club for 56 pounds 25 pounds, told us i own this club lock stock and barrel so basically we, we we you know the balloon went up we saw what was happening um and we ended up basically with Bellotti and stanley in charge of the club and the fans in revolt meeting every monday night at the Concord. Um, down on the seafront basically calling for people to come and and, you know I'm sure you've read my poem Goldstone Ghosts Uh and and my poem Knighthood about the day that Dick Knight and Martin Perry turned up Mm. the consortium that was going to save the club that was just brilliant because we'd had Stanley bullshitting you know the Albion will will leave the Goldstone over my dead body yeah and of course there's there's, um, Ian Hart who's an undertaker, sort mm. of smirking in the background. Um, so, of course, obviously, so there we were in the beginning. We were at the Concord calling for people to, to come and, and support and, and help us. You know, we're the fans, but you know, we haven't got any money. We, you know, Dick Knight, and Perry, the consortium, turned up. Battle with Archer, there's me, Lefty, ending up in the centre of a dispute resolution of the CBI with Dick Knight and Martin Perry and Paul Samra, who by this time had come on board, obviously, and Ian Hart, um, facing Archer, because the FA said, well, you know... But yes, this is a football matter, absolutely. absolutely, but actually it's a business matter because he owns the shares, you know, normal, all this bollocks that goes all the way through football, you know, businessman, money, shares, fans, culture, community, mm-hmm. split down the middle, mm-hmm. okay, that's why I personally believe all football should be run by the fans and actually all football should be nationalised, yeah. that's ultimately my belief, I know that's a ridiculous thing to say in, in Britain in 1920, in, in, 19, in 2020, but... You know that is what ultimately I believe. Football is not just another business. It is our culture. It represents our community. No individual should have the right to destroy it or the right to say, "I own this, therefore I can tear it to bits." And that's happened over and over and over again. Anyway, so cut a long story short. Obviously, we did that. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, Dick Knight, Mike Perry came in, their money, their expertise, and our basically protests you know saved the club we ended up two years at Gillingham at that point I can still remember being at Gillingham standing next to to Dick Knight in the the, the rain of men it's the Gillingham PA announcer who runs a folk club in Gillingham he's called Doug lovely boat he said, "Now, please welcome Brighton and oh And I said, to Dick, let me do this. <laughs> we need a friendly voice from home, and we need some fun- we need some proper punk rock ska and reggae." Yeah, yeah. You know? So basically, I became the PA announcer at Gillingham uh, for two years. Um, uh, thereby hangs a very long tale, which unless you want to hear stories of, of, of me doing the PA after six pints, <laughs> and the day I made, and the day the day they made Kerry Mayo man, man of the match after we lost four lamb to Darlington, and, <laughs> and, and the way that I announced it, um, um, and and then. Um, and and obviously back to, to with Dean and me and Paul Sammer with the PA did yeah. the PA from 99 to 2011 mm-hmm. at which point obviously we were gracefully retired mm-hmm. because they didn't want to hear any more Welsh language hip, hip-hop they didn't want to hear The Clash every other week they didn't want to hear Stockhausen I'm sure I'm still the only, only PA announcer anywhere in the country who's <laughs> played karl Stockhausen um, I don't really know where that is <laughs> it's an experimental German composer yeah, yeah, yeah. before a home game um, but I had a, 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 it, it was a wonderful time most important thing is we um, we did, um, and, 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 and in winning, we showed what the value of community. We showed the value of. I mean, it was. I always say, as a lefty, it's the most successful um, community action I've ever been involved in in my life, uh, where loads and loads of people from all different backgrounds, all different social backgrounds, all different political views got together to save something they cared about. You, you don't even need to like football to understand what that is. I'm really proud of what we did. We've done it. Um, 2000, you know, to obviously 2011, we got the new stadium. Um, since then, I've moved very much into the background. I have huge problems with modern football, I have huge problems with the money, I have huge problems with the disgusting way the Premier League you know, runs things, the skewed nature of everything. But because of what we did, because of the nature of our struggle, and because of my long history as a Brighton fan, I will never, ever, ever give up on the Albion. Yeah,
0: I, I, I want to talk about the Premier League in a minute, um, especially because it's it's, it's relevant right now because of what's going on in the news with Project Big Picture. We'll get to that in a minute. I think it's the fact that most of these most it's similar stories across clubs. They don't go home. they're not homeless and then they have to find their own stadium and find their way back to the place they even are meant to be from. That's, that's you know most of the time that's that's not a case situation where you need to save a club. But I mean the amount of campaigning you had to do, the protest, the the just the the, the imagine it. It was so imaginative everything I, they I, came I up with. I will
1: say that but I started. Campaign. Well, I would say that I started actively campaigning probably in 1993, 94, right. and actually finished when we finally got the absolute guarantee that we were going to get what I still call Falmer. By the way, yeah, you know, I, yeah. um, yeah. Uh, I, sure. I, I, don't use the A word. I've never had a credit card. Uh, it's Falmer. Um, got to number 17 in the charts yeah, with yeah. a song called "We song Want Falmer." It. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's Falmer. Like most, most I know. I know. You know, they don't like it. Barber hates it. It's I'm sorry, I'm not going to use the his palmer as far well as I'm concerned. It always will. Anyway, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the yeah, it was uh, it was probably to be fair, two, 1993, 94, probably from in Ted's from 96 to to 2008, 2009. Yeah, probably probably 13 years. How exhausting was that? Um, because it's a love and a passion. But because it was, um, obviously, I'm, I'm fortunate in that what I do for a living is I'm a poet musician who is on the radical left, who is unashamedly out there with my ideas, my politics. Um, it absolutely, you know, it was at that point where everything that I believe is a politically and culturally, and my love of of, of football and of my club, just completely gelled together there you have these people Archer literally said I own the shares of this thing it is a business it is a property which I have got therefore I can do with it what you like mm. um, my response to that was rather like the response of the Bolsheviks to the Tsar in 1917 I mean you know I mean that's exactly you know I mean I, I, I'm i not going to go on record as saying what I what, what Archer needed to, to happen to him But enough of it happened to him to make him, ultimately, from the horrible, disgusting, arrogant position he had, ultimately want to me will get out of the situation because it was getting—it was not very nice for him, um, you know. Personally, I won't say any more than that. I mean, nothing illegal was done. Well, a couple of things were stupid things that shouldn't have happened, but nothing. There was no violence. There was no actually intimidation. I'm really proud of the way we did it, the discipline that we had. But my God, we hated those people yeah, yeah. What they did. and I mean, really hated them.
0: I, I mean, how, how much is that? I mean, to, there has to be an element of luck to get the right people in for the consortium. The fact that well, I mean. We, what
1: the luck really was that we luck wasn't the right word. I mean we were very fortunate. I mean okay. obviously since then we've helped an awful lot of other clubs. Mm. For instance, you know, rec, from there's Rex and there's Mansfield, there's loads. Yeah. Chester loads of people that we've advised and helped who've been in the same situation. Who haven't got anywhere near the breadth of of campaigning talent and because you know it's brighton and Hove and, and the wider area there's a lot of talented people around here and we have a big fan base to begin with um and yes we were lucky with dick knight but we always knew somebody i, I was certain somebody was going to come in from our area we had the right people we knew and and and, and he was i mean I, i'm still good mates with dick now you know um so from that point of view it You know, it was kind of. It was really weird. I mean, I always thought you were going to win. And when I wrote Goldstone Ghosts, remember, I wrote that. On the in a couple of days before the, game at, the last game at the Goldstone against Doncaster which we needed to win yeah. and then get a result at Hereford probably to stay in the league and when I wrote that oh penultimate God. verse oh and one day when a new home's built and we're storming back a bunch of happy fans without a care we look back on our darkest hour and raise our glasses high and say with satisfaction we were there I know it sounds really weird but I was absolutely certain that everything would be alright in the end right. but with the level of creativity that we got with the, level, with the number of people that we had involved yeah. even if we had to drop out of the league even God forbid if we would had to start the club again yeah. that we would have in the end we would you know like, I'm not uh, I'm not surprised at all that we're where we are, you know that where we that we are where we are now yeah. um, obviously we were very lucky where we were lucky with Tony it was with Tony Bloom oh, wow. in an age of disgusting awful capitalists who wreck football we happened to just get happened to get a, a really really you know the, the one who actually really loved the game loved the Albion mm. and literally wanted to absolutely do everything he could to to save and 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 progress his club. And I, I dipped off my hat to him. He's done brilliantly, you know. Knight mm. um, and, 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 and 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 Bloom. Knight provided the energy and the vision to begin with. Bloom provided the uh, the frankly the money to see it all through. I'm very sad that there's, you know, that there hasn't been a, a continuity of unity, and and that Dick is not, you know, that Dick is not viewed in the same way in some quarters the same way as Bloom is. Um, for me, they're they're equal now in terms of their 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 achievement. But for me, Dick will always be the one who was there in the darkest hour. You know, it's the ones who were there in the darkest hour that I have the most respect for, to be frank. Um, you know, I mean, I, I've got a very unusual perspective on football for an English person. My, my I mean, I've a very unusual perspective lots of things for an English person I mean I am very much from the from if you like from, from the European ultra tradition and I don't mean the violence I mean that you know I mean there we are at Southwick in 82 and I've got yeah. the megaphone with the siren and you know and I'm looking forward to maybe getting a little ultra script I mean, it's, I mean I've mean, i always been like that I've always I've, I mean so Powelly, flair in one hand yeah. beer in the other you know I mean you know that's me the, the whole sanitised modern football thing as well as the money and everything it's like but obviously you know I'm English and I'm a Brighton fan so therefore I fit all my kind of vision that I see when I go abroad and do all my gigs and everything into that framework and it works, you know. I mean I you know some people are getting so disillusioned by with the with the modern football thing that they're walking away from the air I and mean, I could never do that. Yeah, yeah. What I can do is say I'm not going to go with the, what I call the procession games anymore. I've no desire to see my team playing away against a team with ridiculously more resources getting battling, 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 battling bravely, you know I've seen it I did first year I didn't miss a single game, you know, apart from one at Westbourne when I was supporting Saxon. I couldn't have missed the chance to support Saxon. I mean I love doing ridiculous gigs <laughs> and supporting Saxon was a ridiculous gig, you may have not heard of them, but anyway, they heavy metal man. Um anyway, but, I mean I, I went to every I went to every way blah blah blah. Of course it's very difficult for me as well as a performer because gigs happen well, happen used to happen. Friday nights, Saturday nights, you know, so, so you know Thursday night. And when and in the old days when we played at three o'clock on a Saturday, you know I organised my my gigs around the fixture list for 40 years or 35 years. Can't do do it any more yeah, possible. You know where the bloody game's going to be. <laughs> so now it's kind of, you know, I don't need, my, my view about it is, Brighton till I die I don't need to be at every game to prove that anymore no, no. I've done my bit yeah. um, <laughs> More and than then we'll go in with Southwick 1882 later on and what's yeah, happening yeah. there, because that absolutely fulfills the I, the moment I feel like I've got my cake and I'm eating it because I'm absolutely still 100% Brighton of Albion but I've got the chance now to help save 138 years of history here at my local club where I again went with my dad you know when I was 8 years old you know seven, six, seven, eight years old um, you know so anyway but yeah I mean I'm really proud of what we achieved. It's really, really important that the history carries on. At the same time, it is history, and it's important that people view the club as it is now, rather than as, you know, look at us. I, I no longer want anybody to be saying, you know, look, look at what we did in the 90s or the 2000s. It's important, but it's a part of history, and history, by its very nature, um, moves on. It doesn't mean you forget about it, but it, but it would be ridiculous of me to still be wanting kudos or whatever, for what we did all those years ago, I am proud of what we've achieved, and that really is enough for me. Now we've done that. I've, 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 you know, I'm very proud of the small role that I played in that huge, great campaign. Really proud of it. But we're in a different place now, and I, I, I no longer want. I mean, I've, I've, I've actually stopped being, you know, being a spokesman for whatever on, on, on the local media because I don't want to be anymore. I just want to be a, a Brighton fan again, on my own terms, which means that an awful lot of what, of what the Premier League stands for I loathe mm. but I'll never, I'll never stop supporting well, I mean, I've got a very clear analogy it's like, you, like you've you you got a goldfish that you love all your life and you love that goldfish just as much now as you did when you know 30 years ago but you hate the water that it's swimming around in now that's my analogy okay right cool well so
0: not going back too much then but I mean the cup was saved and then it was their campaign to get a stadium the stadium was a massive effort because it's then now we're talking about going to number 10 oh yeah we did all that, yeah. yeah, Prescott was talking about like the community the, the, um, going to um, Wales with the, with a the playoff final and that game was just incredible with the We Want Falmer. Oh, yeah. An, like, yeah, it, yeah. It
1: just just incredible. And then, getting, just, getting the blooming charts. Yeah, it's, it's just the, uh, the ugliest bunch of old punks and skinheads getting it, getting to number <laughs> re- 17 in the charts. I and I if, remember and if, listening to Radio and one, if 1 that Busted, day. And if Busted hadn't split up, <laughs> and this is no word of a lie, obviously Busted didn't split up because they were manufactured. <laughs> their their ma- management, yeah, top... Declared that the, the project was over. That's the, the way they said it. So, but anyway, the, the, the busted had split up that day, so that the top of the pop was all about busted, and yeah. so we didn't get on there because right, okay. we have been told we, we, might, we might. Okay, which okay. quite funny. But, but, but I really remember.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, you must have been quite Radio young Radio 1. I would have been quite young and I was listening to Radio 1 and I recorded it I recorded it on cassette Like I used to do that anyway people used yeah, are still yeah. the generation where you, you can record the entire top 40 yeah yeah yeah, yeah I mean, I mean and, and so I've got that somewhere and it yeah. was just an incredible moment it was <laughs> and, really funny and during that time at, at Widdeen what were your thoughts on Widdean? because um, I kind of look at it with um, quite a lot of affection actually I think I, I, I train at an athletics club there so when I run around it I feel like I, I'm just thinking about all the memories that we had
1: great on the pitch my first time with, with Dean was coming third in the amateur in the Sussex Amateur Athletics Association 400 metres when I was about 16 <laughs> okay, I got a spoon I remember that was my first time with okay. Dean um, I loved with Dean um, my wife who is a huge football fan but from the north and um, Northwich Victoria okay. now 1874 because they're another club that's been arched as we as we call it. Um found owned club 1874. Um she, she she stopped going to, to the to Falmer. She liked she, she vastly preferred, you know. For me, um I loved doing the PA there, I loved all the silly stuff we used to go up to, like when we played Chesterfield or Cheetahfield as we called them, with the money laundering scandal going on, the brown envelopes and me playing Money's Too Tight to Mention and Tax Man and all that stuff. I mean, it was all it's just brilliant. Um, but obviously, you know, I mean i w I'm a Brighton fan. What I want for my club is for us to achieve the most we possibly can. So, you know, on a personal level, with um, with Dean was huge fun. Um, but I didn't want to stay there. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, wanted, it I wanted the new stadium, and and, yeah. and, when I, and every and still now I cycle to every home game. Okay, and as I and I, you know it's ten miles there, ten miles back. Yeah, and as I come over that last bit, and I see it's just at the bottom. and You see the ground. I just think. We did that yeah. was the next, right? yeah. I mean I'm really proud of what we of where we are. Yeah. I mean that's the thing. I mean it's you know it, it, the, the irresistible force is my loathing of modern football mm-hmm. and the disgusting money in the game now. The ludicrous transfer fees, the ludicrous salaries, you know in an age where so many people are struggling so badly. The the, the immovable object is my love of Brighton & Albion football club. <laughs> Never changed. I I I've, I've I've made my accommodation. I'm fine. I'm, mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I'm not I'm not I'm a piece of myself now I know where I am with it I'll never stop supporting the Albion but I don't need to feel that I don't feel the same way about it as I did when we were with Dean I'm not part of that I'm not part, I'm not a part I don't feel in my heart that I'm a part of the club anymore I'm just a fan just mm. somebody who, who supports Brighton like I've always done mm. and that's fine I'm, 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 I'm okay with that
0: yeah uh, let's talk, quickly talk about the Premier League now then and football as it is now because this is the um, commercially, it's the most successful league in the world, and it's there to sell certain bits of its soul to, to do that. You, you would say, um, we've had this week. I mean, this weekend, the weekend just gone. Project Big Picture came out, and that's, that's the thing. One of the most, the most contemptible
1: by... and disgusting things I've ever heard. Right, and exactly. I've got to say, I mean, you know, Brighton, Barber, you know, Bloom, the current setup compared to most, Mm. I mean, I I disagree. I mean, I have regular conversations with Paul Barber on email. We we disagree about just about everything. But I will say that Barber is streets ahead of some of the scumbags. And what they have have done, what they've tried to do... I mean, you know, they're tied into this system now. And they have tried... They've tried to do an awful lot of really good stuff within that. Mm. I mean, you know, but they are tied into the blooming system now. What's the... um and what, 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 what's going to happen in the end, though? Like, do you,
0: what's the best case scenario? and What do you think will actually happen?
1: Well, I mean, I, you know, I, if, you've heard, if you if if you haven't listen to um, Ian Holloway talking to BBC yeah, Radio Merseyside, yeah. uh, not um, B- yeah. Humberside, it's Grimsley Man, too, isn't yeah, he? Absolutely it. brilliant. Yeah. But yeah, what I think should happen, and um, for God's sake, you know, judge you're going to tell me telling the Tories taking over everything. I think the government actually, I think that the, the people in charge of the government of this country should tell the Premier League you're going to do this, you're going to do this you're going to do this, you're not going to do that you're not going to do that, I mean that's one of the things that Jeremy would have really sorted out if we managed to win and I'm not going to get into the politics now or whatever, but but you know I know that, that the Labour people that I know were committed to really sorting this rubbish out, I mean it was totally, utterly, utterly wrong but you don't have to be a lefty, you can be as right wing as you like and still believe and I know a lot of people are, I know not everyone I drink with and talk to is left wing obviously, there's loads and loads of right wing people who think what's going on in football now is contemptible it's not a sort of left right thing, it's a kind of a community thing, it's kind of you know this is our community, they view it just as a commodity that you sell but it's our, it's our, it's it's us that is why so many people walk away now and go and support dulwich hamlet or white Hawk or yeah. whatever you know it's because 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 they they feel something you do feel something i mean it's 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 you know i mean i can say that's that with the 90 people on the i mean having been thrown out of the ground now you know 90 people on southwick wreck on a saturday afternoon which for a, a club playing in, in intermediate football to get 90 people at a home game I'll tell you it's better than most county league sides um, without even having a stadium but in, I, there's a part of me that actually feels like that is more my football soul than, than being at Falmer now I mean it's, it's so complicated because as I say I'll never ever ever stop supporting the Albion but there's that part of me that, that loves football loves football as a community experience, not as a commodity that is sold to me as a customer. Has it, has it gone too far now that you, it can't be read right
0: back? Because if you look at the, if it, you've given an example of German football in the Bundesliga there are clubs like St Pauli, Union Berlin, another one, yes. like they are, they, they, are they, there's a certain rule where there has to be a certain amount of fan ownership.
1: Well, there is, the, there is the, there's the, there's the 51% rule. Is that, is, is that the best compromise situation? Do you think that could actually happen I, I mean, in the I, if, clubs? if we got the 51% rule in this country, I would be so overjoyed. Right, okay, yeah. I mean, that would be a really good start. Um, Is it even possible? (laughs) Um, Probably not. Anything's possible. Okay. Um, It depends on the political will of the government. It's as simple as that, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: Yeah. This is Football, the Albion and me with Richard Newman. If there's one thing this podcast misses most about not being able to cheer on the Albion at the Amex, it's not being able to pick up a pie at the same time from official supplier Piglet's Pantry. But fans can recreate that matchday experience with home delivery. And with Christmas around the corner, listeners to this podcast can benefit from 15% off their Christmas range for December pre-order and delivery only. Just visit piglet'spantry.co.uk and enter the code AlbionXmas. That's all one word, Albion. Xmas before the 1st of December at the checkout to get your discount. Follow Football the Albion and me on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram let's talk about southwick um so southwick 1882 club formed out of the, the mess that's happened in the
1: in the, library the last well, few years what, what basically um, to be blunt what happened was this yeah, um, okay. 20 years ago i mean i you know as with the albion started going to the albion when i was six same sort of time when the albion weren't i mean when i when i started i tell you it's quite funny this and people my age will remember when you went to the albion you know, in the sixties, obviously, my dad had a season ticket um, for us both. Although I think actually, maybe you could take me in when I was little. He could take me in just as of right. So anyway, um, you got you got a big, great, big book of season ticket. As you season ticket it was a great big green book of tickets, mm-hmm, which entitled you to go to the all the home games and the next week there was the reserve game. Mm-hmm. So when I was really little, it was like poppy. There's loads of people here one week and there's hardly anyone here the next. Why is that? And he said, well, the first week's uh, the... the this, this is the, the first team and, and it's the reserves. So they're the ones... And the first team's playing somewhere else. And these are the people that want to get in the first team but aren't quite good enough. Um, you know, So it's, that's why there's not many people here. Um, and then we start at the same time when we weren't, we, weren't, we, weren't, we weren't playing at home. Um, sometimes we'd go to... Um, go to the Wickers, mm. and that was, at the time, it was brilliant, it was a really good community club, and it was like the Liverpool of the County League, really, you know, um, and then in the 80s, um, they got up into the Isthmian for a bit, 74, they got to the first round of the FA Cup, um, you know, and it was just our little local community club, Um and then, sadly, in the 90s, um, the uh, you know same old story, you know, it could be any level of football, same nonsense happens. The bloke who was actually running the club, in a good way, had to leave the country suddenly, gave the, the, the lease to somebody who didn't care about football, who just wanted to make money from the bar. Um, and it all started to fall to bits fell to bits even more um, the council didn't care the council didn't even um, didn't, um, as far as I know they didn't even inspect their own property the whole place fell to bits just decomposed more and more and more uh, it was run as a drinking club but on the other side the players and the and, and the coaches were trying to keep Southwark FC alive you know really yeah. I mean I've got a photo I haven't got it now, but I remember a photo of my auntie Rose with the team in 1889. It wow, in 1882. Yeah. I mean, my roots in the South Africa go back 200 years. So, okay. so um, anyway, cut long and short. I mean, when all this started, this was happening at the same time as the Albion War. So I just thought, oh, I can't get involved in that as well. So I just boycotted. Literally 20 years would not set foot in the place. I said, I said to my wife, I said to Rabina. <laughs> If the lease is ever handed back to the council and they want help, I'll do something. And then it was because of COVID, because the drinking club couldn't carry on anymore because they had to shut the bar. And so the bloke who was running the drinking club, who didn't care about the football, gave the lease back to the council, leaving the club with know to play. You know, club imme- oh, the council immediately shut the premises because it was unsafe. So the players, bless them. And, the, oh, and Sammy Donnelly and Tony Gratwick, the oh, okay. manager of Blessham, uh, decided we want to keep this club alive. That's, that would be 138 years of football history just disappearing. So, um, basically, um, they went to the FA. Um, the FA got in touch with Tony Kiber, who's, who's from Southwick, uh, from, uh, on the FA committee. He was from Eastbourne. He'd been living in Southwick for years. I knew him from the 80s with the help with, with the Southwick. He's on the FA committee. Um he set up a community interest company, um, formed Southwick Gate in we tried to get back into the ground, the council wouldn't let us, um, it's all gone out to tender, um, obviously we're putting a tenancy, uh, we're putting in a um, uh, an application um, and um, basically hopefully we'll get back in the ground and Turn, you know, and finally, after all this time, uh, we'll turn Southwick Football Club into the community based sort of thing that it used to be with extra input. Because I mean, I can now, because I also run Glastonwick, obviously, I'm a poet musician, I run a I run beer and music festival, I've got a huge alternative scene, I know. I could put on loads of gigs in the bar. Yeah. Really, really create a sort of alternative culture there, mm-hmm. so we can get our little ultras 18 18, 18 82 going, and uh, get some beer and <laughs> and just make it have a really good bit of fun. Like, I mean, all the years when, obviously, when I couldn't go to the album for whatever reason, or they weren't playing. Or, I mean, the main, obviously, the main reason recently is because they were playing on a Sunday or whatever. If, if Saturday afternoon at three o'clock, the album plan playing I would Go to Whitehall mm-hmm. part-time Whitehall Ultra. I'm sure you know about the Whitehall Cultures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. And, and that is just brilliant. I mean, everything about Whitehawk is fantastic, apart from the fact that they don't own the club, that the club's owned by the geezers that run Whitehawk FC, who, who, who sort of... I think, quite like them now. Um, but, you know, there's no connection between the ownership and uh, and, and, and the, you know. Yeah. And, and what we got with to, 1882 is the possibility to have a proper fan-owned, little fan-owned club. And, uh, as I say... Do you
0: look at clubs like... Um, uh, obviously, it's an, ob- it's an obvious example, but Lewis, Dulwich Hamlet, for example. Totally. The, the success um,
1: that they've had. So Clapton, cl- Clapton, cl- probably the biggest one of all cl- the, the tons. Um, I've been there a couple of with the Clapton ultras. Mm-hmm. I mean, all that stuff is just brilliant. That is, I mean, if you've got... If you like, basically, if you if you like re- real ale, punk rock, and your left wing, uh, then then it's quids in really, isn't it? I mean, I'm not I'm not asking to expecting that at Southwick oh, Certainly, the, the real ale, um, you know, definitely. But the other bits are <laughs> optional, obviously. Um, but I mean, um, you know, this this hot, this new development, this this, and it is. It's it's a real rebellion against the Premier League and all that bollocks. It's people taking things for themselves, actually creating their own clubs, you know, t- taking over clubs that fall into bits, you know. You know, if we could do that here that would be fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And it would I mean and we have such community support. We, we you know, there's so many there's so much goodwill towards Southwick FC which has just dissipated in the twenty years that it was run by idiots, basically. And they're all coming back, hmm. um, and it, it feels really good. Whatever happens, as with the Elbin, only in a tiny, 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 tiny way. So I ain't ever yeah. doing that again. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm involved in, in trying to save my local club, and I'm very proud of that. Let's go way back to the very young John. Can you remember the first time that you attended an I mean, I am mean, totally. Really? I mean, I was. it was 1964. It was the season we won the fourth division. My, and I was six and I I loved the, the, the atmosphere obviously I didn't really understand completely what was going on I remember my dad saying to me John that's Bobby Smith and he may as well have said that's that, that's Jesus or whatever you know of course it was the Bobby Smith who two years previously who played for um uh, played for Spurs in the double winning side and obviously played for England and he came to Brighton as it turned out many years later um, because he had a massive gambling problem and his bookie was a, was a Brighton fan and he told him if he'd come and play for Brighton he'd wipe off the gambling debt. I don't remember anything else apart from that apart from my dad saying so it was Bobby Smith and I remember going to another game very soon afterwards where Tony, it was obviously my dad for some reason must have taken him to some sort of showbiz game because Tony Blackburn was playing and 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 and, and for a certain period of time afterwards i thought tony blackburn was a really star Brighton player but the first actual game that i really remember consciously is the beginning of goldstone ghosts it was 1966 the two-all draw draw with chelsea at home in the fa cup third round where the Chelsea, we were in the South Stand, and they were throwing the old sharpened pennies at us, and I collected more pennies than I'd ever had forever in pocket money. Um, and, you know, I remember my dad putting them in his pocket, bringing them home um and i had more pocket money than i had for ages i must have been able to buy an entire set of american civil war cards which was the the cards we're going around at primary school at the time um so yeah 60 that was 66 was my first conscious memory and i started going and my dad if you've read goldstone ghosts in you'll know my dad died when i was 10. and one of the one of the things that really 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 got me to be a brighton fan was that my greatest memories of my father were you know going to football obviously I ended up going on my own um, and um, I was incarcerated in a, a, a... I unfortunately was very clever at primary school and won a scholarship to an institution that was basically hell um, which meant I couldn't go to some of the home games because I was at school on Saturdays um, and I played rugby as well and all that stuff um, but yeah, I mean I, I have very very strong memories all the way through of everything I mean probably um, the, the, the one in Goldstone Ghosts again Goldstone Ghosts, Ghosts um, the, um, the the game against Fulham 2L with not, 2L with Aston Villa 2L with not scared to we'll fight fight, fight up to the LB until we win Division 3 um, uh, sorry not not Fulham Aston Villa well we won 2-1 um, that would have been 1972 when we won the year we went up and then straight back down um, but yeah, I mean, con- just continuous memories all the way through, really. Still, my, I mean, whatever. If, if we if, we, if we, we could win the bloody football league, what do you call it? The, the, the FA bloody, you know, championship, or whatever. Still, my greatest days a Brighton fan will be Hereford away. Yeah. Nothing would ever, 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 ever beat that because, as I say, that is is community. It's community. It's that's what football means to me. It means community. It means identification. It means it's a sense of place. It's a sense of of being part of something. And when Robbie Ryan out scored that goal, and that was it. I mean, you know, that 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 will, will never. That day will ne- there will never be anything to match it. I mean, whatever we do ever, hereford away, is that moment because that moment, I knew everything that I personally had done that everything that we had done was going to be it was going to be all right that we were that we were somehow we were going to come back despite gilling that I just knew because we had we had the fans we had the backing we would be all right you know we got rid of the scum that were destroying the club and we stayed in the football league and so it proved you know yeah Um, if you you go back again who who was your who would be your first Albion (laughs) hero My first Albion hero. Mm. Alex Dawson. Alex Alex Dawson. Ooh, ooh. He was a ridiculously un- I mean he the sort of player who would have who would have been called up for a foul and probably given a yellow card about 20 times in every game. It, but in 1968, 69, 70 if you were centre-forward and you actually bashed the goalkeeper into the goal while he was carrying the ball, quite often you got a goal. I mean, you know, and that's what he did. He was big (laughs) and and he just basically got in the way of things. But obviously, I mean, the the obvious one, um, Peter Ward, um, and then the the less obvious one, because he's such an absolute prat, but uh, in terms of all-round amazing footballing ability, Mark Lawrenson, um, brilliant Defender who could also—I mean—I still remember a forward run that he made. I think it was Wolves at home when he just took the ball from the, and he just ran forward. It's the sort of thing that Dunkey sort of does a bit, right? Yeah. But Lawrence and just—he just had the lot. Mm-hmm. He, he was just brilliant, absolutely brilliant, and in, just in terms of the absolute all-round. Play and the and the longevity of achievement, I would say Mark Lawrenson would be my favourite Brighton player. And it pains me to say that because because <laughs> there's a pundit and some of the stuff ever said, said about the Albion.
0: I mean, God's sake! You got to you got to listen to the Mark Lawrenson's episode, because he's uh, he's very complimentary about the Albion. Well, oh, good. Uh, and and, and, it's, and he actually says in that. I mean, I, I think he's maybe he's had a lot of opportunities to talk about it. I, I don't know, but he. Um, in that, he does talk about how his best memories in general all round are at the Albion because right.
1: it, was, it was the most fun day he had playing. Well, I mean, he was there. coming forward then. He was making his mark on the game. Yeah. And, of course, we got him. And it, when he went, we got Jimmy Case in exchange mm. for reasons that you probably know about, which are quite amusing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, um, of course, Case had a, a big impact as well, to say mm. the least. Yeah. Yeah. In um, a lot of
0: ways. Who would be your cult hero then? Like, So not necessarily the best
1: player, but someone that just became a bit of a... A, pl- a player who I really, really, really loved, who a lot of other people went... Darren Curry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. An absolute... but The way he could just, you know, like, again, um, obscure sort of indie punk rock reference, give him a ball and a yard of grass. Um, but that was the Ping FC. Um, I mean, he could just... Get the ball. I mean, he couldn't tackle. He had no speed. <laughs> uh, he could take a good free kick. But what he could do, is, and this is obviously in a team that wasn't very good, he could get the ball, and he could do passes that were so pinpoint. Mm. After time, the players that were that they were supposed to be going to didn't know what was happening and didn't actually. But they were brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I I really really um, like. If, like, if as an absolute, Darren Curry would be. Yeah. It would be. It would be definitely Darren Curry. I mean, it was just like everybody recognized what he could do but i just i'm that sort of person that i really like unsurprisingly given what i do for a living and, and my status as a performer in this world i like the outsider who's clever and sometimes mis, mis, mis uh, misinterpreted or, mm. or or under underappreciated um i really yeah down Curry. yeah and, and, and when he came on the on one of our marches when he didn't have to and everything uh-huh. Spot yeah. On. yeah, and the other one, as I say, Craig mchale Smith. Despite the, um, the the bollocks with the um, with the COVID thing, as I say, I remember I remember listening to him before he came to us, talking about his life just as an ordinary working class bloke from Luton mm. um, or Watford. Oh, I'm sorry, that's like confusing Brighton and Crystal Palace. It was Watford wasn't it. It was Watford, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. and, 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 and not going to any academies or anything. Up, yeah. Starting in non-league, yeah. going to Dagen. Going from St Albans City, I think it was to Dagenham and all the rest of it. Yeah. And just the incredible pleasure, and sense of achievement, and sense of honour and privilege that he felt being a footballer. Every foot—sorry, nearly every footballer <laughs> who plays the game at a professional level should feel that. You know, everybody in this world who earns their living doing what they love should feel that. I feel it. I mean, I've earned my living doing what I love for forty years. I feel constantly, um, what's the word? I, I mean, I, it's, indebted is the wrong word. But when I do a gig, whether there's 20 people there or 300 people there, I give my all, mm. and it's kind of this is I do I've I've earned my living doing what I love all my life, all my adult life since I was 22 years old, and that is an incredible privilege. And any footballer who spurns that, who who just. Showboats or happy to sit on the bench warming their ass Mm. because they get an extra 40,000 pounds a week can do things that I'm not going to say on a podcast. (laughs)
0: Okay, so I'm going to ask you to pick an ideal Albion 11, I think. But so you have to to pick a realistic formation. First thing, before you think about that,
1: go pick a manager, Graham Potter. Yeah, I think he's a visionary. I think, I mean, everything about Graham Potter is exactly what I love about football. The thing that the thing that makes it easy for me to, to love, the Albion now, despite all modern football bollocks, is the fact that the ethos of the manager, and I've and I've talked to quite a lot of people who've, who known, because he's, obviously he's never been a, a successful. This idea yeah. that you've got to be a successful player to be a successful manager is so prevalent in football mm-hmm. that in order to be a pundit on the television or to be a football manager, you've got to be in a successful. You've got to have, have actually played the game to a high level. I've got a really good quote for you about this, cause it, and it is really funny. I can't remember who it was. It was some Italian, you know, some quite successful Italian manager who was asked, you know, you never really played the game at all to any high level. How do you have credibility with your players? And he said, well, um, in all, you know, in order to be a jockey, you really don't need to have been a horse first. <laughs> and that just summed it up for yeah, me, Yeah. You know? I mean, you know, and... and, and I, uh, Potter is my favourite Albion manager. I mean, I'm not, no 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 ways about it. His his ethos, the playing style, the the vision, the intelligence, the way that he approaches the game. And I, and as I say, I've I've spent hours talking to people who know him at, from university and all the rest of it mm-hmm. and stuff. And when he was studying, I think the guy's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, and I know again, this will sound ridiculous. My favourite Albion team. Would in the main be, uh, you know, in the main be the the one we got now? Really, okay. I mean, I I'd, I'd 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 put obviously I'd put Bobby Zamora
0: and Peter Ward. Let's talk. Let's see. Let's look at it. Then maybe not as they necessarily the most talented team, but just the ones that you've got the best, mem- best memories of. Then instead. Yeah, I mean, if if you're talking we... about that, then yeah. Let's, let's 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 do it. So you've
1: got the best memories. So almost like combined with. Um, well, okay, Brian Powney. Brian Powney, John Templeman, Lewis Dunk, Steve Foster, including the urination, um uh, left back, probably Chris Catlin, um, uh, definitely Craig McHale Smith up front, definitely Peter Ward, um, Darren Curry in midfield, um, three more. Uh, uh knockout, absolute hero. Yeah, um, totally. <laughs> yeah, love him. Absolutely love him. Um, Lawrence. Um, uh, this is a very honestly like me very eclectic. How many more? Have I got two. One. One. <laughs> yeah. One. I think so.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, Unless I'm not counting very well. I'm,
1: my mass isn't my best thing. Alex Dawson. That's okay. an interesting combination. I mean the. <laughs> The best team is more, I mean, you know, when I saw us against, in the ridiculous game against Manchester United, I thought to myself, this is the best, I mean, you know, I mean, you can knock the the Premier League all you like, but in terms of if you actually, if you like football, if you like actually what is going on on the pitch, Mm. we are playing the best football that we've ever played in my 63 years as a, well, 63. 57 years as a conscious Brighton fan, we have never played such good football. Mm. Now you can knock the Premier League all you like, but if if you take football as that as that product, mm. which I yeah. would never say it's a product because I'm an artist, so I would say it's it's like it is what I'm watching. That's going Art, entertainment, entertainment. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. Uh, it's completely different from from what I responded to. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I could, I could almost say, in one sense, that the entire my favourite Brighton team was the team that drew one all at Hereford. Mm. I mean, you know, I mean, I went to, I went to uh, a couple of years after, after that happened, I was invited to, um, to do a. I don't often get invited to schools because I'm a bit scary for, for teachers. <laughs> the school kids love it, but the teachers, teachers get complaints from the parents. But I was invited to uh, Bishop Stortford High School which is where Robbie Reinout went to and, and, the, okay. and the bait was from the teacher he emailed me and said do you a tiller I what you come and do a gig at Bishop, St- uh, Bishop Stalford High School it's where Robbie Reinhart okay. <laughs> thank I said no problem, mate. I'll be there, and I, so I did this sort of like, and it, it went really well. I just obviously they didn't have a clue who he was. I mean, they were, the, you know, it was, yeah. bit, it was quite a bit after. That's quite a clued up headmaster and yeah, yeah, head teacher, no, isn't it? No, it was his English teacher, not headmaster. Okay, um, English teacher. Uh, then. And and and, and they did, obviously the kids didn't have a clue who he was, but they got what I was saying absolutely. Uh-huh. They got they got what Robbie Ryan because he, he was absolutely bollocks as a footballer in, in a lot of ways. I mean, you know, <laughs> the next season. I mean, I remember two years later. When we weren't playing, watching Hereford against Stevenage in the in the conference, I think we'd had a game called off at the last minute or something. And there's Robbie playing for Stevenage Borough, and all the Hereford fans are just booing the arse off him, obviously, you know. Mm. And, and, and obviously we knew why. I mean, mm. no, all the Hereford fans, oh, sorry, all the Stevenage go-go, why are What's they booing Robbie Ryan out all the time? <laughs> yeah. And I said because he scored the equaliser for us. Uh, you know, a Brighton fan, you know. That's the beauty of football. Yeah, yeah. It? I mean, I, I I couldn't even answer these questions. I mean, because for me the the, the the totality of the thing, the thing I love so much about football is, you know, I, you know, I, this, this is getting really intellectual now. But it's the totality. I love the beauty of seeing my team as a brilliant performance machine on the pitch, mm-hmm. and I love that being in that free style where they where they will, will dare to try and play mm. creative. I mean, anti-racist hero Chris Hughton. Football-wise, my God, no, not not for me. Um, you know, I mean Potter. I mean, you know, when he went to Man City, and he and he tried to do what he did, we lost four nil. Mm. But he fuck, he, he gave it to him, mm. and we had, you know, we. I mean. Um, you know all it, the, the difference was just in the strikers because mm. we played brilliantly i
0: mean and to do and to
1: do that and to continue to do it yeah. and i and i literally do not care about the the relegation thing i want us to carry on playing the way we are for the whole season I don't want us to change at all. And I don't want Graham Potter to be manager of the album until I die. And I want that to be in 20 years' time. I think he's the best manager we've ever had. I love what he represents. I love the, the style that he plays. I love the intelligence behind it. I love the the daring, given that we don't have the resources of these other players of these other teams, he's going well. Bollocks to that! I don't care. I'm going to do this anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, obviously he's not going to stay with us. One day soon he's going to be managing Man City or one of these other big teams, and he'll be incredibly successful because he will. He will literally take because what he's trying to do with us is apply that principle to a a squad which in some ways is well by our standards is the best we've ever had but compared to the top ones is really limited um and he's going to go to one where he can literally have what he wants i mean i think he's the best i think probably potter may actually be, be one of the best Ever football managers in history. Actually. Okay, wow. I okay. mean, you know, I mean, but I, still you a know, young manager is he? I'm, 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 I mean, so so we've got yeah. the best team we've ever had, and we've got the best manager we've ever had, which for me compensates for
0: an awful lot of the Premier League bollocks. Does that make you quite excited about it, because As well, because you look at the players coming through as well. There seems to be a bit of a there's a very much a. Uh, uh, a desire to, to go term. long term it's all about youth and bringing you through your own players and that's absolutely. quite i mean that's 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 i, also, I love
1: that i you see that's refreshing I mean, in so, yeah absolutely this is the thing i mean you know so we go i mean what what a joke um, the jokes on Chelsea. So because I mean, so the, 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 with, the, Laptop, with the top yeah. with the top six clubs, it's like the rule is: no matter how good your youth team player is, you've got to buy somebody, yeah. probably from somewhere foreign, um, and they've got to cost thirty million pounds, otherwise, oh no, eighty million pounds now, um, or then or you can't put them in. And you know, so we got Lambt. I mean, like the best. I mean, you know, that, I mean, I mean, that is he's played what 20 games for us yeah. or whatever. He's without doubt the best right back we've ever had. I mean, you know, there's, I mean, I can't think. I mean, it's, there's no there's no competition there. It's like stupid. That's you know, it's obvious. It's just there. Mm. You know, and I, mean, I love all that. That's why my enthusiasm for the Albion. Well, I mean, it's it's it, as I say, it's the irresistible force and the immovable object. I can't stand the way that football's going. I can't stand the Premier League. Can't stand this awful pay-per-view thing. I'm, I'm not keen yeah. on VAR. Um, the sandy type. Loathe all stage stadia. I want to be standing there with a pint and a flare and and, and and you know, I mean, you know, I mean, all the rest of it. But. My my love and enthusiasm for the Albion is as strong as ever, and that actually is because of the vision and the money of I've got completely I've got to confront my own my own contradictions. The vision and the money of Tony Bloom, and the brilliance of Graham Potter, and 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 the long the long sighted the long sightedness of the club, which I'm very proud about because I was a part of that in getting you know not only just. Building, not just fighting for the, the stadium at Falmer, but also doing all the um, the the, the, the build-up, the, the the stuff in Lansing as well. You know,
0: yeah, I mean. yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's incredible that it's changed. We end every podcast with exactly the same questions that we give to everyone. So I'm going to fire them at yeah. you as well. They okay. might cause some talking points anyway. Um, they're not all about football, so they're just just a little bit random. Oh, okay. okay. So Goldstone with Dean or Amex? Oh, sorry, Goldstone
1: with Dean or Falmer. If you if it's with Dean or Falmer, it's Falmer. Okay. If it's Golster with Dean or Amix, it's With Dean. <laughs> okay. um, starter or dessert for you. Sorry? Starter or dessert? Starter or dessert? Mm. Um dessert, probably. Yeah,
0: okay. Yeah. In the same season, would you rather win the FA Cup or avoid relegation from the top flight?
1: Oh well, definitely win the FA Cup. Yeah, I know, and then, know, and, then the and then go down and come back up. Yeah. but win the FA Cup absolutely, totally. Playing Europe, um, playing the first. I want to play in the first qualifying round against against Partizani Tirana in Albania, <laughs> where I went in 1989, and it was still Stalinist. Um, and saw England England uh, against Albania in a World Cup qualifier. Partly, partly because of the football, mainly because I wanted to go to Albania. Will you still consider we can consider yourself an England fan? Um, I mean, I've never considered myself... I mean, I always say I'm, I'm from Southwick, so I support Southwick. I'm from Brighton, so I support Brighton. And I'm from England, so I support England. But my Brighton-to-England ratio is about 100 billion to one. <laughs> my Southwick-to-England ratio is probably 50 to one. I, I want England to win. <laughs> um, but... Um, you know ultimately it's the name for a piece of land in a football team I am about as internationalist as it's possible to be I I speak three languages I've done God knows how many gigs in mainland Europe and and all over the world I am the ultimate non-nationalist non-flag shacker
0: yeah okay so um, you've, you've mentioned this already but would you get rid of VAR Oh,
1: totally. Oh, VAR, I mean, goal line technology, Fine. absolutely, totally, 100%, yeah. totally spot on, yes. So great. And we really? had one at the, at the Wickers last week. I mean, it was so far over the line that, that I mean, I could see it from where I was, but, yeah. the, but the linesman didn't give it. I mean, you know, goal line technology, obvious. VAR, complete pile of hairy, steaming, hairy bollocks. Okay.
0: Would you would you keep it for anything? No. No, okay. I'm with you on that. Would you rather, do you
1: prefer a day or a night match? Oh, um... Pending improper football night match because of the flares. Um, the way things are at the moment, um, probably a day match. Yeah. Because uh, I probably have a gig in the evening.
0: You've had the privilege of meeting a lot of footballers from Albion. If you could meet any footballer from any era, from any club, from anywhere in the world, um, they haven't met already. Who would you meet? Oh, that's an interesting one.
1: Um, crikey, um, <laughs> there are quite a few. mean um, <laughs> well, both. Take us through them. Roland Ago used to play centre half of St Pauli, who was incredibly committed anti racist and anti fascist. And um, I went to Brentford and th- then just seemed to have disappeared. Um, players who I haven't met who I'd like to meet. Mm. Um, I mean, the, the, the interesting thing is for me as well. you know football is it's not like rock and roll for me in the sense that rock and roll I've met most of my heroes apart from as I chose not to football I mean because I don't ever want to be disappointed by footballers in terms of the the, the, the kind of the the division between their ability on the pitch and their ability to string three words together I have to be incredibly um, so obviously there are many whom I haven't met but whose uh, football ability I admire, but I can tell I wouldn't. I think I, I've got the answer for you, though. Steve Penny. OK. Steve Penny used to play on the wing for Brighton. He was a huge, huge, huge John Peel fan. I don't know whether he liked to tell the stockbroker, but it was certainly the same absolute era I was having all my Peel sessions. And, um, and he used to do interviews and fanzines about music. And... Um, I'd have to talk to him, talk to him about about John Peel in the 1980s. So I would say definitely Steve Penny. Cool. Okay. Do you, do you, you probably don't even know who that is. Do I do you? know who Steve Penny is, and
0: I've actually yeah. been trying to get in contact. So. He, he's. I,
1: I do know that he's very intelligent, uh, and that I mean, he's from Northern Ireland. I, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I seem to remember mentioning him because I, I used to play in Belfast during the right in the middle of the troubles. I was one of the English performers that went over there during that time doing my poetry. And, have some hazy memory of because it was before he was at the Albion, but I don't, I can't remember anyway. Yeah, it would it would be Steve Penny? Okay, but well, if I ever get in touch with
0: him, I'll put him in touch yeah, yeah, with yeah. you. Um. So finally, just talking about Albion now, you've talked about him already. I mean, this is you're saying that this is like one of the most um,
1: exciting periods on the pitch in terms of what they're doing. And I would say, I would say, in, in for me, honestly, this is the most in, in terms of, of football as a. You know, if, if, you're, if you like a band and they do their best album, you like a band for a long time, then suddenly, after a long period of time, they do their best album. You don't go, oh, well, yeah, but it's their best album, but I liked them when, when, you know, when no one else had heard of them. I mean, that's, that's the way I look at things. <laughs> I'm a Clash fan. I didn't stop liking the Clash when I signed to CBS. You know, I mean, this is obviously a previous generation, but you know, I mean, there, there's there's other, there are many examples. I could use the King Blues as one from your generation, I mean you've heard of them, or whatever. But I mean, this is the greatest moment in our history. The performance against Man United, which was so ridiculous. You seen a game like that before? Sorry, you ever seen a game? No, like I've never. That? To see a, you know when we hit the bar, when we hit the five times. Bar, five times. I mean, it was, <laughs> we were so manifestly the better side, and we lost. I mean, it's like you know. Mm. I mean, you know, obviously I'm a bright fan. I'm used to losing, but but not in the Premier League, in, in in that kind of way. It was like, and we're playing that brilliant football. It was so brilliant, mm. I mean, and 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 the, and the standard of football now is so brilliant. So it is like the irresistible force and the immovable object. I mean, the football we are playing is absolutely incredible. It's the best I've ever seen. I think Potter's the best manager we've ever had. I think the I think you should stick with, you know, sign the big striker. No, stick with Mopay and, and Connolly. And, and you've got Isquierdo and you've got, uh, he's coming back now. Obviously, you've got Trossard. There's plenty of options. See what happens. I'm not worried about relegation. I'm not worried, you know, I just want us to play intelligent I want us to take this clever style of football and just rub it in the faces of everybody, mm. regardless of what happens, and just carry on doing it for the whole season. Mm. That's brilliant. I mean, for me, that offsets all the bollocks. Yes, yeah, well, it fits and, and, with the and,
0: anti-establishment,
1: is not it? Sorry? It's
0: very anti-establishment. It really. and,
1: and, and just to do that, and, and just, you know, and I genuinely don't care if we go down, yeah. because, I mean, I, it's a win-win situation for me. Of course, I'm a Brighton fan. I want us to, to get to the highest position we can. So I want us to stay in the Premier League, if we go down we're playing the most competitive league in the world Mm -hmm. we're the most interesting uh, where everybody can beat everybody else and um, we'll have a lot more games on Saturdays at three o'clock
0: thanks so much to Attila for coming on the podcast do check out the back catalogue for interviews with Albion favourites and if you can sling us a review in Apple Podcast as well that really helps get this podcast out to a wider audience please do subscribe and share for now thanks for listening